Hi, this is Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group. We're talking today about cloud computing security standards. We're talking with Marlon Pullman, the Global Strategy Director at the Cloud Security Alliance. Marlon, thanks so much for joining me today. Hi, uh, I'm glad to be here. Now, Marlon, you're also Chief Governance Officer with EMC. Maybe you can tell us a bit about yourself as well as your role specifically with the Cloud Security Alliance. Yes, well, uh, I am uh, Chief Governance Officer at EMC. Uh, we uh, at EMC make products to support uh, the cloud infrastructure and uh, through, through VMware and RSA. Uh, we, uh, we are very active in the cloud, cloud security space with the uh, RSA Trust Authority and those components. My, my role at actually at EMC is uh, working uh, in groups such as the Cloud Security Alliance and uh, getting standards and, and uh, best practices so that we can actually create a stable marketplace. And so as part of that, the Cloud Security Alliance is, is, is instrumental in um, establishing cloud as a, uh, as a stable, solid platform, go-to-market platform uh, for EMC's customer base. And so in that, in that, in that frame, uh, I work with... Uh, Individuals uh, globally and across multiple companies to come uh, up with security standards so that we actually have a, uh, a stable place to uh, do business in the cloud. Marlon, you used the key phrase there cloud security standards. I know you've announced a new partnership with the ISO group. What can you tell us about that? Well, last month in Singapore, uh, the uh, Cloud Security Alliance was the, uh, the third. Uh, organizations who receive uh, category CDAs on status uh, with ISO SC27JPC1. Now, what this means for those of you who aren't ISO uh, affectionados is a joint technical committee. So, ISO and the Electrotechnical Union uh, formed a joint committee for to come up with um, IT standards uh, globally. So, those of you who are familiar with 20, the 27,000 series, 27002, 27,001 for uh, IT governance, uh, that there came out of this this group. So anything that anything that covers uh, IT security comes out of JTC1 SC27, and we and the CSA was in attendance in Singapore and uh, was uh, fast tracked to CAT CLEAs on status along with uh, IT the other two uh, CAT liaison members, which are uh, ISF out of the UK and uh, ISACA, which uh, those of you who are in the IT governance space now established the COVID standard that is used for uh, Sarbanes-Oxley attestations for IT. Marla, what's the significance of this partnership? Well, the significance of this partnership is uh, it's incredible for the for those individuals looking at the cloud as a stable, solid platform to, to do business. Uh, it, it represents maturing of an idea, the concept of a, a supply chain in IT, of uh, shared infrastructure and services, moving from the, the, uh, the, the dream stage into something that, that individuals can actually bank on and invest in and do real work. And with ISO coming, uh, supporting this concept, uh, 
there, there's a, a global groundswell uh, for the recognition that the old way of doing business wasn't cost effective and the need for uh, moving from the, the siloed uh, company specific uh, IT infrastructure to a, a more commercial model in the same way aviation went from uh, individuals flying private planes uh, back and forth between cities to to the American Airlines and United and Delta commercial airlines uh, moving in that area how safety increased and security increased you're seeing that in IT and so it is a massive uh, change in how we are going to do business in the future and the ITUT which is part of the UN which is the other standards body uh, that works by so and IUC is also part of this. So this is a, a, a unique movement in, in the sense that all three organizations have taken a unified step to recognizing that IT is moving from a, um, a, a decentralized, siloed approach to a centralized commodity. Taking a step back, Marlon, what do you see as the ramifications of cloud security standards for cloud computing globally across the sectors? Well, in many countries, ISO and IEC are not uh, private organizations like they are in the U.S. Uh, for example, in Canada, the ISO-IEC relationship is, is a governmental function. As it is in most South, uh, Southeast Asian countries, uh, globally, I would say the majority of countries uh, have ISO-IEC involvement, ITUT being part of their national infrastructure strategy. In doing so, what's happened with ISO and IEC and ITUT taking a, a, a stand in cloud computing is that on a global basis, countries are recognizing that they need a harmonized, equivalent uh, of a unified, a uniform commercial code, if you would, for data, a, a unified approach for managing IT infrastructure services, and they need to do it in, in a harmonized, cross-border compatible fashion. And so, in, in essence, what's happening is the representatives of the, of the major governments uh, globally have, are coming together and deciding what is the baseline security standards that we have to have to trust uh, third parties to govern our data. And it's similar to the way the railway systems were formed in the 1800s. Uh, countries came together, initially countries had their own railway standards across Europe. And uh, what happened uh, eventually is countries realized that having a joint infrastructure was in everyone's best interest, and that having a joint infrastructure helped uh, facilitate a global supply chain. And so the days of uh, having to change the uh, automotive, uh, locomotive rails from one uh, national border to another when uh, a freight car would, uh, would cross a national boundary uh, effectively, that's dissolving for data. There'll be one global standard for uh, data governed in the cloud. It'll cover everyone within the supply chain, and roles and responsibilities will be very well defined. And I think that is a large move. That is a great move globally. Uh, it, it has a lot of uh, impact for how we perceive data as a type of property in the future. As you know, Marlon, cloud computing has become ubiquitous over the past couple of years. 
Where do you see cloud's greatest opportunities today, building upon this news? Well, the, the concept of data is mobile, and the idea that whether we whether countries like it or not, they've acknowledged and they've started to they start they realize that in an era of mobile devices, not just laptops, but mobile phones, iPads, wrist uh, P, uh, PDAs. Data is not a, a uh, it's not something you can contain to a specific geography or, or or jurisdiction, and so the greatest opportunity really is uh, is nation states uh, embracing the fact that they can become uh, through proper legislation and uh, through proper adherence to international uh, guidelines they can become. Uh, International uh, havens for data. Canada is a perfect example of this uh, with their, their PAPIDA Act, where they've actually uh, ad- adhered to the European Union uh, data protection directives uh, voluntarily. And in doing so, uh, they, uh, they have established uh, themselves as a, as a North American data hub uh, by adhering to both privacy and uh, global protect- globally. Uh, accepted protection principles. Other countries have that ability as well, and the, the, the resolution of the, the national interest of safety and security versus the, the, the global interest of uh, data protection and jurisdictional sovereignty over data based on its jurisdiction of origin uh, through a jurisdiction of transport is, a, uh, is an incredible opportunity. Um, You'll see, uh, you'll see the fast movers in this space. Uh, I mean, North America will be a fast mover, but a bit in, in Southeast Asia, I'm seeing a lot of movement in Singapore. I'm seeing uh, a lot of movement, uh, from, from the UK. Uh, uh, countries that are proactive in this space and are very active in the standards, uh, creation will establish themselves to be the next, uh, data Switzerland, if you will, uh, in what Switzerland is to financial services or has been uh, historically, you'll see uh, countries uh, moving to assume those preeminent positions uh, by enacting their own data protective directives that uh, mirror the global standards. So it's, uh, uh, for cloud, it's an incredible move uh, by the incorporation of the concept of supply chain into the provision of data services. Uh, that's something that uh, creates enormous opportunities at the individual level for uh, entrepreneurs to um, to embrace this emerging platform at a minimum investment uh, of resources with the maximum amount of leverage gain. So it, it's incredible at, on an individual level as well because uh, individuals can position themselves Globally, within any jurisdiction, and uh, by adhering to a a global recognized state of principles, can uh, truly capitalize on this opportunity to uh, enable mobile transportation of data across jurisdictions. Now, the flip side of this is about is talking about challenges. When we talk with organizations, they typically will generalize and say that cloud security privacy or challenges, what specifically are they talking about? 
my friend Chris Hopps, uh, co-chair, puts it this way, the idea of gracefully losing control. And the flip side of that is uh, additional transparency. You know, you have to, the whole idea of Biosound's trust but to verify. Uh, the greatest challenge is convincing organizations that they can let go of these control points that they traditionally had within their environment and use the airline analogy, let someone else do the flying. I'm, I'm much, you know, I have a private pilot's license, but I'm much more confident when I'm in a in, in, a, in an Airbus or a Boeing uh, going trans- transatlantic than when I am um, taking a Piper up and uh, circling my own neighborhood. Uh, and that's because I know my ability versus a commercial airline pilot's ability. <laughs> uh, the greatest challenge is, is, is getting IT uh, CIOs to acknowledge the fact that a, a big provider like an Amazon, like it, like a like an EMC, like a uh, like an IBM, because they are in the business of providing security, because they're in the business of providing transparency, can, can dedicate the appropriate amount of resources to securing their data to a degree that they themselves couldn't do. And so the idea of gracefully losing control while maintaining trust is hard for any executive. And uh, having these global standards gives them a mechanism to do it. It gives them legal grounds uh, for uh, litigation if that trust is breached. It gives them recourse. It gives the ability to uh, quantify their risk and to do so in a way that shareholders will acknowledge. And so that education is our greatest challenge, educating legislators that it's in their best interest to adhere to a globally uniform commercial code governing data supply chain and educating them that their economies will benefit from adopting these global standards. I think that is our greatest challenge. Marlon, a final question for you. What advice do you have for organizations that are sitting on the fence today because of their cloud security concerns? Well, the, the first movers in this space will realize the greatest gains. Uh, the, the U.S. government is moving to a cloud first initiative. Vivek uh, Kundra announced that at one of our, one of our cloud security alliance uh, congresses at the, at the RSA congress that we, uh, we hosted. Uh, the first movers will, uh, will gain the advantage. In healthcare, I'm seeing um, companies, uh, hospitals even, that were initially resistant to, to uh, becoming cloud-enabled, taking uh, preeminent roles, becoming cloud providers, and because of their position in the uh, in the HIPAA supply chain, being uh, being uh, trusted authorities actually assuming the role of a cloud service provider and, and, and assuming those additional responsibilities and seeing great benefit from that their IT becomes something that was a, a cost center that was just effectively sucking revenue out of the hospital to become a profit center and actually seeing a return on investment for all, all their years of, high, uh, of, of hard uh, efforts in, in securing their IT infrastructure. So uh, for those who are sitting on the fence, I'd say move, those who move quickly will uh, will see benefit, and those who wait uh, will ha- have to compete with those who uh, 
are able to leverage economy of scale in the cloud to to offset their costs. Um, and if you are a first mover in the space, you actually help define the level of security you need. So um, you can either sit back and let others do the work and live with what comes out out of the process, or you can be on the forefront and uh, voice your concerns, have those incorporated in the standards as the editor. I'm the, I'm the editor for the new ISO uh, ISMS standard that will come near 27002 and be reflected in, in the ISO, IEC, ITEC process. Uh, voice your concerns for security in the cloud. Voice your how you see this impacting you. Voice it to your national body representatives and to Indian Cloud Security Alliance, which is a perfect liaison into that into that body. And uh, it will make it better for everyone. And, and as a business owner, I'd say move quickly and see some benefit and uh, establish yourself as a thought leader. Excellent insight. Marwan, thanks so much for your time and your thoughts today. Thank you. We've been talking about cloud security standards. We've been talking with Marlon Pullman, Global Strategy Director at the Cloud Security Alliance. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.